Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening to any ladies, gentlemen, or people who identify outside the rigorous gender binary forced upon us. My name is Andrew. You're listening to Good Morning NSA, the biweekly news podcast where we break down the largest headlines from the past couple of weeks and we provide an anti capitalist bias to those headlines that I think is missing all too much in media these days. Uh, this week, we'll be talking about the CDC changing their COVID guidelines, uh, Sarah Palin's goofy ass getting back into politics, which is going to be just awesome, uh, Liz Cheney getting forced out by the Republican Party after saying that Trump isn't that great, the drought in the western United States that's causing some rivers in Colorado to dry up a little bit more, and uh, it's not funny, I don't know, I'm laughing, I think I'm laughing because it's like fucking awful. Uh, and then the big story this week is uh, Big Papa Trump's Mar-a-Lago raid, the FBI gone woke, cancel culture, FBI, Marxist, Bidenist, dark brained and zero dark brained an hour. Fuck. Let's, let's get into it. <laughs> Good morning. It is. Good morning. 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 NSA. The CDC is changing their COVID guidelines once again. They are now shifting away from worrying about asymptomatic carriers, and they are saying that you only really need to quarantine uh, if you have symptoms after you've been exposed. So even if you've been exposed, you don't necessarily need to quarantine. The CDC says um, you need to monitor yourself and uh, see if you have symptoms for COVID and then possibly quarantine after, obviously. It's kind of shifting the focus for individuals to uh, assess their risk and perhaps more on a case-by-case basis as opposed to one rule for everybody. Uh, The CDC is saying that between vaccinated people and people that have been exposed to COVID-19, the population's immunity is around 95%, which is a high number and something that is good. Now, Now, I'd like to take this opportunity to discuss... Uh, just how bad the United States' response to COVID was uh, and uh, how that's a direct response to, uh, how how that's a direct result, I mean, to capitalism. COVID-19 is an ongoing threat. This is from Time Magazine. So there is bias here, but even they're admitting what I'm about to read. COVID-19 remains an ongoing threat. The U.S. has reached a tragic milestone in the pandemic that may not get much attention. The COVID-19 death rate in the U.S. has now passed 340 per million residents. Just to put that in perspective, that is 100 times over the rate of China. China's who, whose population is just immensely larger than ours, right? China has a COVID policy that often gets criticized. It's the concept of zero COVID. Uh, people see it as authoritarian. People see it as... Uh, my freedoms are being taken away over in China. They'll lock you down and tell you to get back in your house. But if you ask me, it's it's a policy that is putting lives before uh, economic continuation, lives before economic gain, which I feel like shouldn't be an abstract point of view to have. You can criticize China's approach to COVID, sure, but... I don't know another way to describe it other than focusing on human life and making sure that human beings are are able to be healthy 
and, and able to not lose your grandparents and all these people. Everybody I know, it, literally everybody I know has had somebody's life taken or permanently changed by COVID-19. We've had over a million deaths in the United States. We're number one in the world. As I scroll down, I'm scrolling. I'm continuing to scroll down the statistics. I'm now at 90, still haven't reached China. China, whose population is much larger than the United States, for the record. Scrolling down, scrolling down, still scrolling down. Holy shit, I'm still scrolling. China has had just 5,000 deaths from COVID-19. 5,000 deaths. There are 1.4 billion people that live in China. 1.4 billion. As opposed to the United States, 329.5 million. So with China having a population of 1.4 billion, they have 5,000 deaths from COVID. If you scroll up to the top, United States has over a million deaths from COVID with a population of 325 million, 329 million, excuse me. What's going on? How? How is any American criticizing China's approach to COVID-19? We, we, were, we, are so, we are so trained to think that these deaths were unavoidable. It's, it, it, the media pretends that these deaths were unavoidable. doesn't matter if it's a conservative bias. doesn't matter if it's a, a liberal bias media. It's like, oh, well, you know, like, who is going to keep the stores running? Who is going to make sure you guys could pay rent? Definitely not the government. The government could make sure you guys pay rent outside of that. Like, there's a, there, there was that like, blissful four-week period of unemployment for me, at least, where Tiger King came out. And all of a sudden, I was making more on unemployment than I ever made waiting tables, if I'm being honest with you. And that was cool. It did not last long before they were like, all right, motherfuckers, let's go. And it lasted even shorter for a lot of people. Essential workers. Motherfucker, what? Your essential workers were, were sent to, to work and ended up killing their essential family members and sometimes themselves with COVID. How can we criticize an authoritarian response to COVID-19 when it's really just a human-centered response, a response that is, that is completely centered around uh, protecting life? Pro, pro-lifers out here dying from COVID like nobody's business. It's, 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 it, most of these deaths were avoidable. Don't let anybody ever tell you otherwise. And the next time you hear somebody telling you that China's response to COVID was authoritarian or even like Australia or New Zealand or somebody was was too authoritarian, you remind them how many people have died, how many people would still be here if the United States was just a little bit more authoritarian and stepped on the snake a little bit. Step on snake. Don't, don't tread on me. I'm dying from COVID, whether you want me to or not. Anyway, now in special news this week, something that may not seem exciting to a lot of you, something that may not seem as fun to a lot of you. Sarah Palin is getting back into politics after conservative uh, Don Young died, forcing a special vote to find somebody to finish his term. She's getting back, baby. You betcha the Mavericks sidekick is back. Now, why is this special news? Well, she's hilarious. 
uh, Sarah Palin was the first like Trump like sort of just dumb person who said whatever was on the top of their head would just say wrong shit all the time with like little catchphrases like you betcha or some shit. And uh, it would just it was just content. And I wasn't making political content back then uh, because I was a teenager. But now. It's like it's gonna be like Thanksgiving every single time she says something, you know, it's my new favorite thing. Uh, So I thought I would go over a couple quotes from her. Uh, Like that one time she admitted that her and her family would go get medical treatment in Canada's single-payer healthcare system, uh, despite running against it, saying that it would lead to death panel-like rationing of medicine and medical services. Uh, It's funny as fuck. She said, we used to hustle over the border for healthcare we received in Canada. And I think now, isn't that ironic? Yeah. That's super ironic because you want to make sure your constituents and also every American doesn't have access to the same health care and will also have to sneak over to Canada uh, just for insulin. You demon. Uh, One time she was asked specifically what news publications she reads and she couldn't name a one. She spent a lot of time stammering. And when the uh, person asking her the question, like sort of like was like, okay, like which ones? She said, all of them any of them that have been in front of me over all these years. She couldn't name a single one. You know, like you you can't like anything, any single news publication. And she couldn't name them because clearly she doesn't read like the news. This politician, this, (laughs) this like person who's trying to be the vice president of the United States was like, I I don't know, man. Like, fuck, I just watch anime. You know what I'm saying? Um, she would often tout her uh, proximity to Russia as being an Alaskan as a reason why she was good at for foreign policy, uh, but then would say things like, Mr. President, the only thing that stops a bad guy with a nuke is a good guy with a nuke, uh, which might be one of the shortest and worst takes uh, about foreign policy anybody has ever given. Uh, what a fucking nightmarish thing to say. Uh, holy shit. So, you know, small little small little thing to be excited about, but shouts out Sarah Palin. The Maverick is back, baby, and she's not going anywhere. Two weeks ago on the show, um, our friend Mason over at One Hand Politics felt comfortable in predicting only one thing in the midterms, and that was Liz Cheney was going to get primaried this past week. And guess what? Liz Cheney got fucking primaried this past week so hard uh, thus showing that the Republican Party is Trump's party. It has fully adopted Trump's fascist tendencies. It has gone completely mask off. Now, was the Republican Party the party of fascists before? Yes. Um, did they have their mask on? Yes. Uh, the Mitt Romneys and the Liz Cheney's of the party are now forced probably to be independent or run as liberals, which is like very much on the table. Liberals have been like just like patting Liz Cheney on the back you know, saying you you, ran, you you did a great job, uh, conservative, by the way, you know, which, of course, liberals are going to do that. And this should come as no surprise to anybody. I would like to to use this to double down on a point that uh, I uh, say regularly on my stream and something that I hold true to, which is uh, capitalism will always allow for uh, fascist organization and fascist mobilization and fascist ideas to exist in our government 
before we allow progressive ones to. Uh, now, you might be asking, why is that? Progressive things are so much more popular among the average person. Uh, they are actually beneficial, and they are, like I said, way more popular amongst the American people. Here's the thing about it. Fascist movements don't challenge capital, right? Progressive ones do. Progressive movements, socialists and uh, people of the like, challenge capital in the way that they uh, advocate for labor organizing, which obviously would mean less money in CEOs' pockets. They advocate for more regulation and safer uh, practices, which means that CEOs won't make as much money because they have to spend more money on meeting these, uh, these regulations put in place so they don't, you know, I don't know, give us poisonous oat milk, uh, which is a thing that just happened, by the way. Whereas reactionary and fascist movements will always be allowed under capitalism because at the end of the day, it shifts the blame from our bosses to minorities, to trans people, towards gay people, towards women, uh, towards anything besides what is really causing us to be oppressed. You know, that's where fascism gets tricky. That's where Tucker Carlson's grift, uh, it, it becomes specific. It's Americans, you are oppressed. You know, there is a boot on your neck and you are, you are feeling it and it sucks. And that is all true. But what Tucker Carlson and fascists alike say past that is where they lie to you. They say this boot on your neck is a result of progressives. It's a result of minorities, immigrants, trans people, Muslims, black people, women, whoever. Whoever is like the flavor of the week for them. Right now, I think it's mostly trans people. They're going super hard on uh, as opposed to saying, yes, you are oppressed. You are oppressed by capitalism. You are, you are alienated from your labor. Uh, you are at the risk of being homeless. You are being dominated by our medical system, our prison industrial complex, landlords, uh, our criminal justice system, uh, which is all true. But all these things would challenge uh, our uh, CEO's bottom lines, uh, their profit margins. And that is just something that is not allowed to be even discussed. That is not something that is allowed in the realm of American politics, unfortunately. So we're going to continue to see this. We're going to continue to see fascists grow and fascists organize. Uh, and I think it's, it's sad and it's scary. But at the same time, it, it reminds me that we are truly alone here. We, we have to organize. We have to help each other. Donate to mutual aids. Organize grassroots political movements. Uh, vote to reduce harm, harm reduction or vote, vote to increase, excuse me, harm reduction uh, while also understanding that we are the only ones that can save ourselves, and uh, we will need to be there for each other. Two weeks ago, we discussed uh, floods in Kentucky killing a lot of people from more rainfall in the region that they are used to as a result to climate change heating up the atmosphere and causing more rain in the area. Today, we're going to be discussing very briefly the opposite happening due to climate change in Colorado. Uh, the rivers in the area are drying up due to more sporadic rainfall. Now, the heat in the air is causing more moisture, causing more rainfall in some regions, uh, but it's also causing the rainfall to be less consistent and more sporadic in others, which means that uh, large water sources like these rivers and lakes in Colorado are drying out due to lack of rain 
due to lack of heat and also due to lack of snowfall in the winter, which is something that those rivers and water, water sources in the area heavily rely on uh, to provide water throughout the year. Uh, the United States government, the federal government, is now uh, rationing uh, that water to the states that need it. And uh, they gave the local governments a timeline in which they had to come up with a solution. The local governments did not come up with a solution, so now the federal government is stepping in. We're going to see more of this happening. Uh, just because some areas are experiencing more rainfall doesn't mean the important the areas where rainfall is important uh, are going to somehow also experience the same weather patterns. Uh, think of it less as, you know, ooh, more rain from climate change as uh, less predictable rain, which is something that society, something that civilization relies on, is us being able to know what our water sources are going to have and, and, and how much water we're going to have. Uh, this is going to continue to happen. There's also a severe drought going on in China right now, and their response to it has been, um, a little bit more efficient than the United States is, but they are also feeling it. There's also a drought going on in Europe, I believe, due to the heat wave. And we're going to see more things like this happening. More rainfall in areas that can't handle it, less rainfall in areas that can't. Why does this happen? Well, let's put the anti-capitalist bias on it, and then let's look at fossil fuel industry lobbying our politicians, lobbying our elected officials for decades, causing us to not act on climate change when we should have. And now we're going to experience these severe weather effects that scientists have been warning us for decades. Decades. We've had so much time to prepare for this and we have not done much. Uh, you know, there is some climate provisions in the, uh, the uh, bipartisan, not bipartisan, not bipartisan, Jesus Christ. There are, there are some climate provisions in the Inflation Reduction Act. Uh, is it enough? No. Is it going to help? Yes. Uh, you, you can't say no to any sort of help in this situation, but it's definitely not everything that we need. And I fucking hope that, you know, we can shift our focus a little bit more on that. Because uh, at a certain point, capital owners are going to have to realize that millions of people start dying as a consequence due to these erratic weather patterns, then you're going to have less of a workforce to use. And you're also going to have less consumers to buy your products and you're going to make less money. I, I, I hate to have to oppose like a, Oh, it'll hurt your pockets argument, but like, fuck dude, like anything I'll, I'll say anything in order for a little bit of like a crumb of climate infrastructure. It's I once again I hate to make it like a oh this is gonna hurt your wallets sir please help us but it really will it really fucking will we're gonna start dying and there's gonna be nobody to buy your fucking there's gonna be nobody to buy your products if we keep destroying the planet <laughs> what's the Ben Shapiro thing do you not think that people are just gonna sell their houses and move and then the dude busts through the wall behind him sell their houses to who Ben Aquaman. Anyway, yeah, it's a fucking nightmare. In our main story this week, <laughs> holy shit, uh, Trump did an oopsie and took a bunch of shit home that he shouldn't have. Uh, a lot of super classified documents, including stuff classified at a higher degree than top secret. Yes, there's things at higher degrees than top secret. And yes, Trump was like, I don't know, and fucking took it. Uh, his house was raided by the FBI as a consequence of this, uh, which has sent conservatives into an absolute death spiral of panic attacks, 
shitting, pissing, crying uh, about Trump's safety, about the safety of the United States. And they're using this also as a jumping off point to talk about the IRS agents that uh, are being hired in the new uh, as a consequence of the uh, the Inflation Reduction Act. So it seems that after they attempted to subpoena these things from Donald Trump, he uh, was not very cooperative. So the FBI and the Department of Justice decided to take things into their own hands, seizing 15 boxes of information that should have gone to the uh, National Archives uh, from Donald Trump's home, including things that are uh, above top secret. And guys, you know how it is, you know? Last day of the office, you're tired. It's been a long four years, not eight, lol. Uh, and you, you just grab 15 boxes of highly classified documents and you put them in a truck and you hide them from people and you take them to your house in Mar-a-Lago, your mansion, your super mansion. It's kind of a Mick mansion, if you ask me. And you hide them there, on, you know, completely on accident. One of Trump's lawyers and sort of the rhetoric coming from the defense is that he thought he declassified these things in his mind, which, of course, is a hilarious defense to use, right? You're like, Your Honor, I, uh, I didn't know I couldn't do that. <laughs> Your Honor, my client fucked up. Uh, there's a lot of sensitive information. We're still waiting on a lot of the details of what he took. Uh, some of it could be in violation of something called the Espionage Act, uh, which is fucking insane. And if if these things are in violation of the Espionage Act, uh, there's a real chance that uh, Donald Trump could be charged with something. Uh, more than likely, he's probably going to throw some aid under the bus, right? Like his son or like, I don't know, who who would be funny? Like Rudy Giuliani. Or, you know, they might throw some aid under the bus or something to keep Papa Trump out of legal trouble. Uh, but right now, it's not looking too good. And uh, beyond that, I would like to get into the conservatives molding, freaking out, screaming, crying, as I said, shitting, pissing, coming, all of that. So for that information, we're going over to Twitter, where the message has been, <clears throat> excuse me, a camp. Defund the FBI. The American justice, the American justice system is not working for Americans. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. The Republican Party has become the ACAB party, which is pretty fucking insane. Uh, they adopted it quicker and are living by it way more, uh, way more uh, consistently than the Democrats ever did in 2020, uh, because Papa Trump may have fucked up royally. Calls from multiple representatives like Marjorie Taylor Greene tweeting impeach Merrick Garland, the head of the DOJ and defund the corrupt FBI and political persecution. Uh, this shouldn't happen in America. Republicans must force it, force it to stop. She has also stated that this is similar to the FBI's treatment of take a guess, Martin Luther King. That's right. Ladies and gentlemen, Donald Trump, the MLK of our generation, is being persecuted by the FBI for much too long. Uh, FBI famously harassed and eventually murdered Martin Luther King, whereas they quietly asked Donald Trump for documents that he did not hand over, so now they are taking them themselves. And it seems that they are attempting to draw a line between this and the 
Inflation Reduction Act's uh, hiring of 87,000 new IRS agents. Conservatives have been saying that things like the IRS agents are going to do what the FBI did to Donald Trump, but to you, and they're going to bring guns. And if you try to fight off the IRS, you're going to die, uh, which is fucking crazy. I don't know if you guys know what the IRS does, but they handle our taxes. Uh, they handle our taxes. <laughs> and conservatives are, are saying that the FBI is going to be a uh, weaponized political uh, force used by the liberal Democrats to persecute regular conservatives because you're just like Donald Trump. Donald Trump's just one of us, you know, reality TV star, multimillionaire, uh, schizo Donald Trump is just like you and me, folks. And the IRS will be the FBI and they will bust down your doors, shoot your dog and take all your money and your guns, by the way. Um, Conservative grifters like Steven Crowder uh, have been making calls for not civil war, but to do something, to stand up for yourselves. Uh, what do you think that means to the average deranged Republican? It means go out and do bad things, uh, which is what they've been doing for the record. Uh, Republicans all around the country have been freaking the fuck out, threatening members of the FBI and the Department of Justice, and in some cases, uh, bringing guns and dying at the hands of the FBI, trying to kill FBI agents, basically. It's, it's, I didn't see this coming. This wasn't on my 2022 bingo card, but it also makes an infinite amount of sense that the Republicans are going to use this to uh, garner some sort of, uh, or to, excuse me, to galvanize their base and to say that they're coming for you, brother. Uh, Steven Crowder's tweets have been fucking insanity dismantle the fbi abolish the irs any republican not on board in 2022 is out that's right the republican party the party of defunding uh the cops you know back the blue until they raid daddy trump's house and then at which point uh absolutely that's not happening uh but also making calls stephen crowder specifically to uh, the next president of the United States needs to prosecute everyone, needs to clean house everywhere. Now, if we're defunding the DOJ and the FBI, who do you want to do that? Now, this is where the conservative message of ACAB and defund the FBI varies from our messaging of ACAB and, you know, defund these like crazy tyrannical things like the FBI and the CIA. That's where we differ. Uh, conservatives would like to see like the Bible force replace the FBI and the DOJ, whereas progressives and socialists and stuff would like to see nothing replace these harmful institutions that have only done bad things to people for a very long time. That's why the rhetoric of, uh, that's why the rhetoric of, uh, oh, the conservatives have a good point is actually not good in something I think leftists should steer clear of because conservatives don't mean the same thing that we mean when we say defund the police or the FBI. Conservatives mean a very specific thing, which is we want to replace them with some like armed fascist unit that like uh, it, it adheres to the Bible and evangelical Christian shit to uh, persecute probably like immigrants, trans people, uh, I don't know, women that want abortions and shit like that. So that's that's the that's the main difference uh, in those two things. Here is Steven Crowder talking about this issue. 
anyone who claims to put on our team jersey and doesn't actively advocate for the dismantling, dismembering, complete restructuring, if at all, of all of our intelligence agencies, there is a special place in hell for people like you. It's one thing to wear the jersey of evil. It's another to try and link arms with us and then turn on us. How's that for a purity test? I'm pissed. Any I'm pissed. Thanks, Steven Crowder. What an idiot, uh, ladies and gentlemen. What a stupid fucking moron. And it's more than just the fringe Republican Party. Now, I will say, you know, the fringe Republican Party is the Republican Party now, and so it doesn't really make a difference. But, um, you know, established Republicans like uh, Ted Cruz have been on a, on a tirade as well, saying that uh, these, uh, the FBI persecuting Donald Trump is unjust and Orwellian and we need to do something about it and uh, the IRS is coming for you. So it's not just the fringe Republicans. And even, even then, like as we discussed with the Liz Cheney uh, primary, the fringe Republicans are now just the regular Republicans. Uh, it's, it's, it's over, man. The Republicans are, are full in. They are all in, all chips on the table for Donald Trump. And uh, there's one really big winner from this, uh, from this story, and that is Ron DeSantis. Now, Ron DeSantis is sitting there saying, I can't believe the FBI is doing this. Defund the police, ACAB, fuck them. I hate Merrick Garland. I hate the DOJ. But really what he means is, <laughs> and once they get Trump out of the way, my path to the presidency will be easy because he's next. He's the guy. If Donald Trump, if some legal action comes down on Donald Trump, which I don't know if it will, I have no fucking clue. Ron DeSantis is the next most popular person in the Republican Party to run for president. He's a Trump Republican, uh, but he would vastly benefit from Donald Trump seeing some sort of legal repercussions and not being able to run in 2024, making him the sort of champion of Trump. And that's what he's setting himself up for. The rhetoric he's, he's using is going to make him like, He's going to be like, I can't believe they did this to Papa. Now you have to vote for me, though. And so Ron DeSantis is somewhere in Florida rubbing his COVID-ridden, freakish hands, clammy little ugly hands together and foaming at the mouth at the opportunity to run for president of the United States. It's fucking hilarious and also like kind of alarming. But it's funny to see like Republicans like plotting on their own demise, even when they're like... Uh, even in moments where they, they should be like galvanized. It, it, Republicans don't believe in anything really, right? So they'll say they believe in something and, and, and it's really just a, it's just a, a ruse. It's just an act that Ron DeSantis is putting on so he can uh, act like he gave a fuck when he runs for president in 2024. And, you know, in part, I, I'm not a liberal, guys. I don't know if you guys had the, the notion that I could be a, a liberal person. Um, I'm not. And part of the Republican response to the DOJ's investigation of Donald Trump has been, but her emails, I don't know why I didn't, uh, Jordan Peterson there, but, but her emails, what about Hillary Clinton's emails or Hunter Biden smokes crack with, uh, sex workers and stuff like that. I don't give a fuck. Go, go after Hillary next. I don't give a shit. They're not going to do it. Obviously, duh. but like go after Hillary. Sure. Like, I don't give a shit. 
Go after Hunter Biden and all the like all, all the nepotism that he's benefited from and all the money he makes because his daddy is uh, uh, president of the United States and like a high ranking before that a high ranking official in the U.S. government. I don't give a shit. I'm not trying to defend Hillary Clinton while while you know doing the L dance on Donald Trump's you know uh, future. I, I don't think any progressive is. Go ahead, investigate her emails, man. So in summation. Uh, daddy Trump is being persecuted like MLK and, uh, next you're next, but not at the hands of the FBI, but of the IRS agents who are just like, by the way, working class people who go to work and do their thing, which their thing just so happens to be to like collect taxes and work in that realm of government. Uh, so don't forget, apparently they're coming for you next and, uh, you know, stay woke. Oh my God. So I appreciate you guys listening to episode two of Good Morning NSA. I hope I provided you with a different way to look at some of the headlines that we've been seeing in the news the past two weeks. And more importantly, I hope you 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 got a good laugh out of it, out of it and maybe reflected a little bit on what's going on. Uh, I really appreciate you. I love doing these episodes. Uh, just a little self-plug this week since we don't have a guest. I stream on Twitch over at twitch.tv forward slash himboandy. Uh, I'm also on YouTube. This episode will be going up on YouTube as well, as well as Spotify and Apple Podcasts and stuff like that. Pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts, this episode will be available. Uh, I appreciate the fuck out of everybody that supports me. Uh, Catch me on Twitter if you want to keep up with me specifically. You can join our Discord server. We have a Discord server. It's a lot of fun. And uh, I'll see you in two weeks. Please stay safe, stay hopeful, and uh, help your community.